Welcome to the Setting the Screen podcast. Today I'm joined by Brady Kennedy, and he's a recruiting analyst at the University of Kentucky for men's basketball. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I'll jump right in. Um, first question, uh, when when did you know you had a desire to get into basketball get into, or get into coaching? Yeah, so uh, in high school I, I played, uh, wasn't an overly great player. Uh, I, I enjoyed, oddly enough, in high school, like the X's and O's and kind of like what um, what goes into the game prep and the practices. Like that, that intrigued me. Um, I know that's kind of odd for, for a high schooler, but um, wasn't overly athletic, wasn't overly skilled, but I did enjoy all of the um, the coaching things that, that went along with it. So, so from that, I it piqued my interest. I was better at soccer, oddly enough. Um, so I went and played soccer at a small school, Franklin College in Indianapolis, my, my freshman year of college, and loved my experience um, experience there. But but really, I uh, I knew I wanted to be in basketball, and that wasn't where I was going to be uh, there. So I just kind of took the risk and, and transferred to Kentucky and, and I, I wanted to be a manager to learn basketball, learn from coach and the staff at Kentucky. And, and I kind of just pretty much just, just called the basketball office. I didn't have a connection there, so I just called the offices. And, and luckily, uh, luckily it all worked out, and, and I worked camp. And, and that, that's kind of how it worked. And, and really, it was started in high school, um, just just really just, just being interested in the X's and O's. Um, really piqued my interest, and, and that's where I knew kind of I wanted to be in basketball. Didn't really know exactly like what part, but that's kind of where it started, and it's kind of led me to this position. And um, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. So when you became a manager, like, what was your ultimate goal at the time? Was it right off the bat to try to get into coaching, try to get into basketball, or was it for something else? Um, it was really just my foot in the door. Um, I had I hadn't really known really what the process was to get into coaching. I, I, I didn't have any family members that were, were in coaching. I didn't really know. Um, I, I met a guy um, he was a couple years older than me at Franklin College who had worked his name's uh, Colin Brown. He's now in Indiana um, in, in fundraising, but he he actually is the one that introduced me to like the basketball coaching world. Oddly enough, he, he had worked Coach Brad Stevens camps with Butler for the last couple of years, and he was like, "Hey, like I'm doing this. It piqued my interest." So I, I was like, "Hey, like can you get me? Can you get me involved?" And I kind of just drove up to Butler. It was only about a 15, 20 minute drive from my school in Indianapolis, and uh, they, uh, I just literally went in the basketball office and, and asked if I could work camp. And so that was my first camp experience. And then um, I, I went, and then part of the process of of becoming a, a manager was working our youth camps in Kentucky for a full summer. And that's kind of where it was like a tryout phase. And, and, and going into all of that, my, my mindset was coaching, um, not really realizing all the different paths that you could take uh, other than coaching. 
didn't know anything about the front office in, in the NBA. I didn't know. I didn't know any of that. I just thought coaching was the only really job in basketball. So going into the, uh, the being a manager and working camps, that's that was my goal. Uh, still, kind of is, but that was like my main focus. Yeah, absolutely. I had a similar thing, like not knowing what I was getting myself into. I didn't have family in the business, so I. Just learning on the spot, I guess, pretty much, and trying to forge your own path. So I definitely agree with you on that. And in so the past, pretty much eight nine years, you've been working for one of the best coaches in, in basketball, maybe ever, in Coach Kyle Pari, and you've been working with him for a number of years now. Um, what is the most meaningful thing you've learned from him, both on and off the court, knowing you've been working so closely with him for a while now? Yeah, so I think really both on and off the court, it's pretty much the same thing. It's it's he is unbelievable at. Uh, getting the best out of people that, that work for him and play for him. And, and he's incredible at, uh, incredible at pulling people together and, and, and getting people on the same page to ultimately win games and, 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 and your day to day work. Like he is unbelievable at, um, I mean, just look at his, looking from like a distance of, like his his drive to be great, um, what it takes to be great, everything really with him, he is just unbelievable, and um, like everything is applicable that he does that that translates to the court that it is off, like motivating, um, and and everything. It, it really just all of that. I've like just been so fortunate to really learn from him from that. Um, that piece, and that's not even talking about um, his coaching, but I mean, he's an unbelievable motivator, unbelievable at just just getting people to um, the best out of his his workers and his staff and his players, and then coaching, he's just um, he's great at really picking out what everyone does best and, and getting and making it all fit. I mean. Uh, it's it's still crazy to me of how he gets everybody in such a short time to be on the same page, and, and not a lot of coaches can do that, and and that's really what I've I've learned the most from him. Yeah, and absolutely, because a program like Kentucky, there's so much turnover every year, and I think that speaks to his coaching ability like, on the floor. And I know from like, a casual fan perspective from the outside, they made to say that Kentucky gets the top guys every single year, and obviously, if you follow basketball enough, you'll realize that's not the case. And I'm just curious, like, what Coach Kyle Parry, yourself, and the rest of the staff of Kentucky, like, what do you guys look for in a potential Kentucky player? Yeah, uh, we it's, it's a culture here. Uh, I know if you, if you hear Coach and, and you hear our staff talk, it's a culture. Uh, you're, you're recruiting for people to come in and, and take on this culture, and you're recruiting players that will fit this culture. And this culture is um, this culture is what ultimately um, gets is what fuels these guys to get all a bunch of all the players to the to the NBA. I mean, you get a bunch of guys in here with the same goal, same mindset, same aspirations, and, and you've got all these guys that that want to be great. They want to be at the next level, uh, but also they want to win games, and and, and you got to look for that. Um, coach says it all the time. It's, it's not for everybody, and 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 our our job uh, is to find the guys that best fit our culture and and best fit with with the aspirations that that these players 
um, that come here uh, want to reach, and 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 that's the that's the main thing, and, and that's what kind of fuels it, and that's why he gets so many players to the to the NBA at a time. Absolutely, and I know what I've I've watched like podcasts he's been on and videos he's been in, and he's he's often said that he doesn't promise these guys anything. I mean, how much like truth is that? Do you, can you? Put to that, basically saying like guys got to come in and earn everything they get. I, I'm sure that is the case, but speak to that a little bit. Yeah, you you, you do have to earn it. Um, he he does mean that, and and, and I think it's well respected. I think you you got a bunch of like like a player will want to earn um, their time, and and I think it means more when you earn it. And I think coach, and you get more out of it because it's it is like he he holds these guys to such a high standard and and practices and, and off the court and so ultimately when you get to games it's it's the easy part uh, practices ultimately have you're having anywhere between eight to twelve different NBA um, players in the practice and that's not even counting personnel that are NBA personnel that are scouting a practice so so really it's, it's if you're if you're an NBA team, you're 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 getting just as much, if not more, watching our practices um, than you do a game, and and that's just our our practices are unbelievable, unbelievable competitiveness because everyone's trying to earn their spot and earn their minutes, and nothing's given to them. Um, and then in the long run, by by you'll see after December, January, February, it'll all start working itself out, and and, and that's when you see his teams really come together. Yeah, absolutely. And I can I can only imagine how competitive those practices are. The amount of talent on the floor on both, like even in a scrimmage setting, both teams. I'm sure that those matchups are just insane. But um, transitioning to your job, what are your tasks on a daily basis as a recruiting analyst? Yeah, we. So I I don't I'm not necessarily um, an evaluator. I, I'm more so just really helping out with any kind any kind of recruiting operations that. The staff needs um, on a day-to-day basis, keeping tabs on people, keeping tabs on players, um, trying to be super organized with with how we do things, have a plan, kind of help lead our our graphics, um, recruiting graphics, recruiting videos, just just anything that that kind of foreshadows um, or, or, or... basically market our program um just just keep everything super in order and because it's the last thing the staff wants to to worry about the organizational piece they they like that's not that's not their job so that's kind of like my my job is to just just stay super organized um and and just help out with official unofficial visits and and whenever whenever recruits come to town and, and just kind of help lead that and organize all of that. So it's, it's been fun. Um, really, I mean, it's, I mean, my title is recruiting analyst, but I mean, it, it could be, I, I mean, helping out with anything that kind of comes on my plate. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. And obviously with the coronavirus making a lot of difficulties in the sports world, what adjustments have you and the rest of the staff had to make in particular recruiting this year? And what kind of, I guess, changes did you have to make in the recruiting process, if any, for this year? Yeah. Well, it's, Recruiting is always changing. Um, it's, I mean, from the time that I took the job two years ago or two summers ago, I think it's what it is now, but 
I mean, it's changed drastically from from then till now. So then you throw in the COVID nineteen and, and really just a a time where you just don't know. I mean, we don't know when the next AAU event will happen. We don't know when the next time a, a, we can get on the road. We don't know the next time. Like we just, there's a bunch of unknowns. So really, it it's made you be more aware and, and a more, uh, I should say, just have everything. Uh, everything together, so because you don't know what's going to happen, um, and, and specifically everything moved um, digitally and virtually, and and everything is is over the computer, uh, zooms, everything. So really, it's becoming more. Um, you, you've got to create more resources and, and find more resources for for digital, quote unquote, digital kind of recruiting. Um, because now the what would be the uh, the business the staff would be on the road with now becomes Zooms um, and really just trying to think of different unique ways that, that you can make a Zoom entertaining and and what you can talk about planning what you want to talk about because you don't know like you just you just really don't know and, and you don't and you got to be prepared for everything. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. It's just um, it's just a constantly changing over time. And now about Kentucky basketball, I guess in general, um, why do you believe that the Kentucky basketball program has so much success push, pushing guys out to the NBA? I know you definitely bring in talented recruits, but why do you think that as a program, Kentucky has had so much success just pushing volume amount of guys to the NBA on a yearly basis? Yeah, it kind of goes back to the previously and the other question was, was it's the culture, it's the – it's getting the right guys in here that that have the same aspirations, and um, and coach does an unbelievable job of making it work, and and he it, he always makes it work, and um, it's the culture and the players that that come in here that it's the reason for why all of this success happens. I mean, um, it's it's not going to happen with a guy. A, with people that don't have that, those aspirations to make it and, and willing to work. Uh, we get a bunch of guys in here that, that, that work. Um, they're great kids. They, they, they do everything in the classroom that you ask of them. They, they do everything the right way. And that's back in the recruiting process. You're recruiting great kids and our staff does an unbelievable job of, of really identifying that. And, um, ultimately like, it's what makes it makes coach it makes coach job so much easier in doing that because he's got a bunch of kids that are great kids and they want to go to the next level so they're pulling people pulling players to uh with them yeah absolutely and obviously as i said there's a ton of players every year going to the draft from kentucky but it struck me that a lot most of the guys coming from kentucky typically excel and get a second contract or make all-star games and why do you believe that's the case because in recent years there's been guys like bam out and shea Gilders alexander carl anthony towns it's, it's this guy after guy why do you think that these guys consistently not just make the nba but they're so successful once they get there yeah they the the practices i think is the the biggest thing and and you look at all all the the roster that roster that Cal had here from year to year. I mean, I'm trying to think of it. even that 38 the 38 in one year. I mean, you had you had Carl Towns going up against Willie Cauley Stein. You had Andrew Harrison going up against Tyler Ulis. You had Aaron Harrison going against Devin Booker. 
Um, a lot of players in college basketball are are getting challenged heavily in the games, which you play 30 to 40 games a year. Like, our guys are getting challenged every single day in practice against the best. And, and, and so it's just constant. And, and it's just you're going to get better going against better players. Um, and I think that's a, a big part uh, when I look at it. And, and I think Coach does an unbelievable job of preparing these guys both on and off the court. So really everything that, that Coach does um, is preparing them for, for that next level so they're not surprised. And uh, just kind of how we do things and, and terminology and that nothing is – I mean, you talk to some of the guys that come back, like everything that hits them, at the next level, like everything that they're they're seeing and traveling and all that, it's it's pretty much the same how we do it. And so, really, that they're not surprised when they get to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And I got one more question for you. Uh, once again, this year, Kentucky has a number of players heading to the NBA draft after great seasons as a freshman or multiple seasons at Kentucky. Um, what are your thoughts on those guys and what they did for the program? And just talk about their futures. Yeah, I mean they they've all been great. Uh, I mean, starting it off from from Nick Richards, he's he's uh, he's been unbelievable for us the last three years. He tremendous work ethic. He he trusted the process, and and we talk about it here all the time. Like not everybody's on the same uh, kind of trajectory or the same timeline. And, and he's a guy that believed in the process, believed in the. Uh, believe in, in working and, and it worked out and he had an unbelievable year and, and such a great kid has such a high ceiling um, and I think whatever team gets him is going to be super pleased and and, and super exciting future for Nick um, and then you got Emmanuel kind of going down the line Emmanuel's um, same thing he unbelievable worker super great kid and and one of the hardest workers we've ever had and, and loves basketball. And, and I'm, I'm, I'll be shocked if, if, if he doesn't succeed at the next level just with how hard he works and how good of a kid he is. Um, but bright future with him. Same, same with Ashton. Ashton is one of the toughest kids we've ever had here. Brings unbelievable energy to a practice in a game. Um, he's... He just elevates a practice, um, elevates your team when they're on the court. He'll do all the things that you ask him to, uh, defensively, offensively. I mean, he, he'll he is like one of the toughest kids and, and doesn't back down from any challenge. But but he'll be great as well. And then you got um, EJ Montgomery, um, unbelievable potential. Um, he's he is super skilled. He is what, what teams are looking for now in a, a quote-unquote stretch four. He can step out on the court. He can shoot it. Um, I think a lot of teams, if they get him, I mean, I think they're going to be surprised with what he can offer. Uh, I know he's a little bit under the radar, uh, but I think I think there's a really good chance that he could he could have a, a very good career just with how skilled he is. Uh, brings a lot to the table that not a lot of guys offer. Um, and then you got our, our freshman, uh, Tyrese. He uh, unbelievable skills, uh, natural score, natural, just a natural player, and he just he brings so much energy to a locker room. Super nice kid, and 
Um, and I think any of these guys, I, I don't think you can go wrong with. And um, I'm excited to see what their uh, their NBA career is like. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, thanks for that insight. That was pretty awesome. And just wanted to thank you once again for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Uh, just wanted to thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. I once again would like to thank Brady Kennedy of the University of Kentucky for joining me today on the Setting the Screen podcast. Definitely gave a lot of great insight on the Kentucky basketball program, the former players who are excelling in the NBA, and the players who will be entering the NBA draft this coming, upcoming year. As you heard in that interview, John Calipari has clearly built one of the best cultures in basketball. And as I said in one of my questions, the outside view may be they get all the top players every single year. Yes, they get very talented recruits, but it's not like they're bringing in the number one through five player every year. It is not the case. They bring in guys who are not – they bring in four-star guys. They bring guys who are between in the 20s and the 30s in terms of overall players and put them in the lottery. This culture that Coles Kavari has made at Kentucky from himself, his staff, his support staff, his players, even his recruits, these guys are just wired differently. When you go to Kentucky, you're signing up for something different. It's different than just the regular college basketball experience. You're in the spotlight of the media. You're selling out 20-plus thousand-seat arena every single game, even on the road. It's sellout crowd by the opposing crowds. It's, as Brady Kennedy said, most of these players, if they decide to go to a team that isn't as prominent if they're a high-level recruit, they're getting those game and teams are seeing the NBA – the NBA teams have seen that game footage and how talented they are, and there's nothing wrong going that route. But at Kentucky, as he said, every single day, you're playing NBA competition. And what stuck out to me when he said Carl Anthony Towns and Willie Cauley-Stein practice against each other every single day that year they went 38-1. and And they were both top 10 picks in the draft. You don't think that paid dividends, each of them guarding a potential top 10, top 5 pick every single day in practice? Devin Booker guarding Andrew Harrison. Aaron Harrison guarding Tyler Eulis. Trey Wiles guarding Kari Johnson. It, it's just, it's the real deal. And even Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, I'm sure they had some battles when they were at Kentucky. There's just so much talent there. Obviously, Kyle Park gets them to buy into roles in games and trust the process. But those practices are wars. And they really are. They're proving grounds with multiple NBA scouts there every single day. And even if these guys aren't the top five picks in the draft, it's, especially in the past few years, it's been proven that the players who go late lottery, even just outside the lottery, have had just as much success, if not maybe more. Devin Booker was one example. He's an all-star. He's a he's an elite player in the NBA. Shea Gilders Alexander on the Thunder. He's in the second year, but he's tracking towards being a max contract player and being an all-star player in the NBA. Bam Adebayo made his first all-star game. He was picked 13th. He was picked late lottery, and he's turned into an all-star has turned himself into possibly the most improved player in the league, and he's a top-two player on one of the best teams in the NBA. It's Yes, there's the Anthony Davises and the Carl Anthony Towns and the John Walls who get picked in the top two, top three, but there's so many guys that come out every single year that produce from the University of Kentucky, and there's more guys coming this year. Tyrese Maxey, I think he could be a very talented player. Nick Richards, I think he's one of the most overall players in the entire draft. I think he should be getting first-round looks. That's how talented he is. And every guy on that team that's going to the draft, can, I believe, can perform at the NBA level. EJ Montgomery, Emmanuel Quickly, Tyrese Maxey, all these guys can play. 
and the University of Kentucky's proven that year in, year out. And I appreciate Brady Kennedy for coming on my podcast. Gave some great insight on the Kentucky basketball program. And hopefully we get college basketball back in the fall. We get NBA back soon. You'll be able to see some of these Kentucky alums back in action. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. And please stay tuned for more postings soon. Thank you. This is the Setting the Screen Podcast.